1: Follow us on Instagram at FromTheShadowsPodcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar of YouTube and put FromTheShadowsPodcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at OdysseyOne.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said, Let's get this episode started.
2: Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I am your host Shane Grove, and with me, as always, is the super producer Jason.
1: Greetings, everybody.
2: Hey, so Jason, before we get started with this episode, um, uh, there's a couple things I wanna I wanna tell all our listeners. Uh, first of all, we have a new Patreon. Yes, his name is uh, Andrew Maines. So welcome, Andrew, and thanks for uh, thanks for being a Patreon. Um, and speaking of Patreon, we uh, we just had a really, we just did a really cool interview that we're going to put up on Patreon with a with Marshall from Missouri, who shared a UFO experience with us. So um, if very you're not a Patreon, good.
1: yeah, very yeah.
2: good story too. If you're yeah, if you're not a Patreon member, get over there, sign up. It'll be you know in the basic level of, uh, patronage that you can check out this, this, uh, listener story. Um, and also something kind of cool happened this week or this la- whenever this episode's coming out, I don't know, but you, you could check out me and the, uh, we'll call him the artist formerly known as the judge, um, were made an appearance on the Dan or Dave Glover show. On his, uh, it's called Paranormal Tuesday on KMOX News Radio out of St. Louis, which is kind of cool. They uh, had reached out to us and asked us if we'd come on and be part of their show. And supposedly they had a good time. They asked us to come back. So uh, if uh, you want to check out that interview, you can go to our From the Shadows page or After the Shadows page on Facebook. And I put up a link to that. And you can hear me and the judge blowing a lot of hot air i mean it's only 25 minutes i mean what else what else are you gonna do for 25 minutes you know spend your lunch break with me and the judge on the yeah, well, while, while you
1: guys were having fun being <laughs> interviewed some of us have to work that's the way it should be the job Jason, of a producer I mean, is never done <laughs> that's the way it should be
2: <laughs> so speaking of patreons our guest tonight he he's one of our he he was one of the first people to sign up and become a Patreon on our page. So we you know we always we always he has a soft spot in our heart because he's a he's also a returning guest. So um, for all a lot of people have asked for this guy to come back on. So you know and no sorry it's not Stacy Brown, but it is another guy from Florida, the author of eerie, creepy, freaky. And maybe disgusting lazy and overpriced Florida are coming out. I don't know. You know, maybe those are books to come out. But but uh a great author, great storyteller, Mark Muncie is back. How's Welcome it going, back, Mark.
3: Mark. Hey, gang, with an introduction like that, how can I not be happy here? So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's fantastic. This is why I plunked down my hard-earned cash a couple bucks a month, just so I can keep that Patreon tag going for you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's well, we, hey, we, appre- we appreciate it. and we, yes, you know, we, we And And tell you what, you'll love the UFO story that you get to hear sometime next oh, week. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, that's, you know, between my inbox filling up with, uh, you know, reports, I, you know, I there are select podcasts, particularly you guys that I love to support. And, uh, you know, and hey, that's, you know, links to stories that I get to put into my books. So you, know, right. you can't go wrong with that.
2: <laughs> so, Mark, what has been happening since the last time you were on the show? What What, what, what do you got to what do you got to regale us with? Because, I mean, you uh, well, are you know, one of the best storytellers. So wh- what do you got?
3: <laughs> well, uh, as you guys know, I've been working on uh, Erie, Appalachia. We're finally getting out of Florida for our next book. Uh, It'll be out from History Press sometime this fall or winter. Got delayed a little bit. There was this, you know, this thing called, you know, the pandemic that happened, which uh, delayed a few of our trips. So we were unable to get some photos we needed for the book and a couple interviews got delayed. But that worked out to our advantage because now we've got to add some extra stuff that we weren't going to include originally. So it's going to be a little more comprehensive. We're very happy about that. Uh, I've got uh, some uh, interviews still pending, so there might be some last-minute additions. Plus, I'm hoping that that whole uh, Pentagon report comes out, and our chapter on uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base might be able to use some uh, some of that last-minute footage on that. Uh, whatever comes out of that the whole government fiasco there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we've been doing that. We've just been taking it crazy. you know. And of course, you know, my inbox fills up every day. We were talking a little bit right before the show. And just last week was probably one of the best weeks in a while for Florida headlines. We had the baby dinosaur scene in South Florida. You know, you got to love that. Uh, and if those <laughs> haven't seen that security footage, oh my gosh. It, and we've seen every report from it, it's either an iguana to a Doberman or German Shepherd with a leash, and uh, and it could have a uh, could be a peacock, you know, or something, because because Florida, uh, and it's security camera footage, and this is why you know we all have trouble identifying. Is that a Bigfoot on that footage? Who knows? It's a security <laughs> camera. It could be anything, Yeah. Um, <laughs> including you a baby dinosaur, that. including a baby, including dinosaur. a baby dinosaur. <laughs> it does. When first initial look at it, you got to say it looks like a freaking, you know, Calamimus or a velociraptor running across this lake's backyard.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, it, do- it does. But like, yeah, I, what, it does. I encourage
3: everybody to go, can they find, they can find yeah. that on your page, right? But- uh, our page, or if you just Google Florida baby dinosaur, you'll spot it in a second. It's everywhere on YouTube. Uh, but that, you know, when that's the least, interesting story you get in a week because the same day I got uh, the police in Naples issued an ATB. Uh, they are wanted for questioning a witch who defrauded people out of a hundred thousand dollars in West Palm beach and Naples area. Uh, and then uh, you know, that's, that's always fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, and then, uh, you yeah, know, it's like so wanted for witchery. Uh, and then uh, the last one was uh, uh, a lady uh, just yesterday, well, before we recorded this, uh, attacked her Uber driver as a vampire and tried to bite him on the neck. <laughs> and uh, the dri- driver had to be rescued by, you know, witnesses <laughs> as he pulled over. So, And that's in St. Petersburg, my hometown. So, you know, you got to love that. So. You know, when dinosaurs are your least impressive thing for the week, you know, you can't go wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic.
3: <laughs>
2: I, I, so do you open, do you open like your email with much trepidation or just with like, it's like a kid on Christmas morning?
3: Like, oh my God. I oh believe- yeah. I, 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 love it. I mean, cause you never know. Like I said, there's, there's always something there was a, uh, you know, alligator, usually it's alligators in parking lots. Uh, You know, my favorite was an alligator tried to go into a Publix the other day, but they told him he didn't have a mask on, so he had to go somewhere else. (laughs) Uh, You know, (laughs) that's yeah, that's that's just that's great. You know, that's great news, and that's you know, I get all those forwarded, but then I get my stories. You know, people, hey, I've got some unusual paranormal activity, and you know, can you point me to the right team? Or uh, you know, we had a I had a horse farm approach me uh, up near Ocala. And uh, you know, in seriousness, they had an issue. Uh they're not allowed to say who they are, uh, because they stable some famous horses there and some Olympic riders. Uh but um they had some unusual activity where there was knocking on doors and some strange stuff in their apartments that they rent out. And uh outside they had on their camera what looked like strange, you know, portal like activity, some strange lights and some unusual things. And then there was smudges appearing on the walls that they couldn't identify. And you throw all that in and they're finding Bigfoot prints outside their windows. And um and you know, no. so you know, they asked not to be publicized, they asked not anything. But, you know, they want me to get them in touch with teams and that's exactly what I do is I you know, since I'm a journalist here, I've got contacts with all the paranormal teams and all the Bigfoot teams, so you know, I was able to get a couple of people out to them and they're doing investigations. They're keeping it on the down low, but I got to tell you, the stuff they sent me is gold. I wish they would let us, you know, publish it because wow, incredible stuff.
2: Mark Muncy, the tease. That's what you're new. That's what you're <laughs> The tease. I mean, so, so you, I mean, you mentioned, so there was like portal activity, like they like yeah, it looks like there's it, something it, coming like a, like a light yeah. forming and something coming through it or, or yeah, what?
3: exactly. It's like, you'll see the footage, the you know, security camera, nothing, nothing. And then this small speck of like what looks like an orb, you know, just probably, you know, it's in a horse farm. So it's dust or something you think initially, but yeah. then it turns into this geometric pattern that looks like something out of, um, you know, what you would expect a sci-fi movie to look like on this security camera. And it's, Full of light, and then it expands and gets bigger, and you're like, okay, well, is it just dust orb flying at the screen or something, some sort of glitch, and then it fades out, and then there's this shadow shape, and then it's gone on the next screen. So, um, you know, and these are you know motion camera timed, you know motion sensitive time cameras, so there's nothing there for a while, and then suddenly that happens. And so then, are the um, so are
2: the animals responding to this, or that's outside the barns and, and buildings, and not?
3: What's scary? It's inside the barn. The animals, they you know, hard to tell what the animals are responding to. But what's scary is they rent the apartments in those barns to writers, hmm, and yeah. that's what and they're hearing. The writers are hearing strange noises and having strange encounters, and it's all. And then when they go to look at the security camera, that's when they see that stuff happening. And um, yo, know, it's it's pretty amazing. It sounds so, like. And did uh, I you hear know, you, you... want to talk about? Yeah, then I was you throw Bigfoot I... in on
2: top of it. Hmm? I said so then I you throw that? big. Then you throw Bigfoot in on yeah.
3: top of it. Bigfoot tracks, you know, in the, you know on the grounds, and uh, the team we sent out uh, was one of the independent testquatch research teams with uh, David Sedoti and his team. Um, and, uh, I think Stacy Brown is, you know, part of them too. Uh, they were able to, uh, you know, recover some tracks there and, uh, they're trying to, you know, and then we've got them teamed with a paranormal team, which is funny because, you know, that's, that's like oil and water in a lot of places. The Bigfoot teams don't like the paranormal teams. Paranormal teams don't like the Bigfoot teams, but here they're working together because it's just such a strange collection of phenomena and I'm like, if you would just let us publish this, you guys would be the next Skinwalker Ranch. I promise you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I gotta I gotta bring it to you. They probably make more money off horses than they ever would be in the next
3: Skinwalker. Sadly, Ranch. yes. Sadly, yes. <laughs>
2: Holy smokes, that's incredible! I mean, that's incredible stuff. I mean,
3: it's it's amazing. And that, you know, and like I said, that's just you know that's that's my the main case that I'm helping out with right now. Uh, And again, I'm sad that it may never get published. This is probably all I'll be able to do is talk about it here on the radio without mentioning names. Uh, But uh, the, um, you know, so we're doing that, but we're also still knee deep in Appalachian interviews and stuff uh, to, to set up for our next book. So we've gotten, you know, we're deep into Mothman lore and uh, you know, Indrid cold and all these other things. And they're tying in, to Florida more and more. And that's what's scaring me is like, how, you know, what, <laughs> uh, there was, a, you know, we're looking into the Flatwoods incident and of course oh, yeah. the, uh, yeah. the, 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 famous, you know, sighting there, the day of that event, a plane is shot down. They say or crashes here in Florida and it was covered up, uh, as a training mishap. And um, we've done some research into it, and it looks like now that this plane may have, you know, had an encounter with some sort of craft, and that's why it went down. And they, you know, they blackball, you know, they blacklisted it, pretended it didn't happen. Um, and that's the day of the Flatwoods incident. So it doesn't take much to consider: okay, something flying over Florida gets hit here in Florida by one of us and then crashes, you know, not too far north. I mean, you know, if you're flying a few hundred miles an hour, you're going to, wow. you're going to crash probably somewhere in West Virginia. And, and probably probably flying, <laughs> Yeah. A whole different, you know, yeah. legit, you know, instead of, you know, where it's always been considered one of those, you know, project blue book considered it help hoax, but they marked anything where something was on the ground where there was an actual landing as a hoax immediately. Uh, and that's what we think now. Shoot, this may prove that it isn't a hoax. That something did land there. Yeah,
2: that is just, you know, you're killing me with the whole book not coming out to Christmas. You know that. Ah, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> you kill it. I mean, we've been waiting on this when you get, you know. Yeah. And for those who didn't hear the first time, Mark was on when we ha- when you mentioned the injured injured cold. Cold. Name, yes. It totally blew us away. It threw us for a loop, yes. And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this
3: book to come That's just it. Yeah, Indrid Cold ties into the Crestview sighting when Miami and then this. It's like, what a freaking bunny trail I got down on, you know, here doing my next Florida book, which is about aliens in Florida. And suddenly I'm, you know, now I'm suddenly back up in West Virginia and Kentucky and Ohio because they tie together. And it's just how is this possible? And, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've had some lots of incredible interviews. Um, do you guys want to talk some men in black? Cause I got an interview for you about men in black. That you're Listen, well.
2: when do we not want to talk about men in black? I mean, that's, <laughs> a, that's a better, I mean, of course we want to talk men in black.
3: All right. what, what, All what, right. what do you got? <laughs> All right. So talk to this one writer, right. Who was, uh, he was a, uh, he's a science fiction writer. He's out in California. And, um, he, uh, got in touch with me after one of my appearances on another show. And, uh, he's like, Hey, I heard you're looking into this. I've got a story for you. And I'm like, okay, well, you're a science fiction writer. So I've got to kind of take it, you know, with a grain of salt. And he's like, yeah, I understand, but this is no one believes me when I tell them this. So I've got to tell you this story. And I'm like, all right, go for it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm all ears. And he says, okay. So he was having trouble sleeping, right? Just could not get to sleep for, you know, for a while. And, uh, and he's like, all right, I'm going to take some you know pills and help me sleep and, um, takes those and winds up sleeping for like two days. And now he's behind on a deadline right because he'd lost a couple of days he's like okay no more sleeping pills for me i've got to get this thing done but he's still feeling the effects of the sleepiness so this night he takes um you know a, a pill to keep him awake you know just a, just a caffeine tablets and he's like you know i don't want to go back to where i'm not sleeping again so he's had irregular sleep for about a week and uh so now he's keeping the awake pills, he's burning the midnight oil to finish this deadline And he goes to sleep after he's done and he's laying in bed and in walks a smiling man in a black suit into his bedroom. And the man says, it's time. And so he gets up and he puts on a black suit in his closet and follows the man out. No questions asked. He doesn't know why he's doing it. He just follows this man. They walk out of his apartment. They walk down the street. They take a couple turns. They go to this other apartment building. And then they walk up about three flights of stairs. And then they knock on this door. Now it's about three in the morning. And they knock on this door. And a lady answers. And she's in her bathrobe. And she's like, uh, yes. And the two men stand there. You know Him and the smiling man. And the smiling man tells her, Hey, we know you saw a thing in the sky last night. Do not tell anybody about it. This is very important for your safety. Keep it to yourself. And the lady goes, okay, I promise I won't tell anybody. And they're like, good. And then they close the door and then the man walks him back to his apartment. And he goes back into bed, changes out of his suit, lays back down. Wakes up the next morning, right? And he's like, what the hell was that? And he goes to his closet. He doesn't even own a suit. (laughs) He's like, where did (laughs) the suit come from? What am I doing? And then he's like, what what happened? What was the craziest dream I ever had? But his front door is unlocked. Uh, There are footprints, muddy footprints, you know, inside his room. His shoes are covered in mud from where he's walked. Um, he, uh, is a little unnerved by this, of course. So he tries to walk the path to find that apartment building. Can't find anything, right? Can't find where she was. Can't find the apartment. He's freaking out about this. He comes home. He starts Googling. And sure enough, there was a meteor sighting that night. And then they were saying that it was a rocket test that had gone bad in some of the stories, but then some stories were saying it was a meteor. And he's like, well, there's already discrepancies here. And, uh, and he's like, Whoa, what if all those people, you know, see the, the, the men in black, and they always talk about how they seem weird and out of it and all that. What if the men in black are using, you know, some sort of mind control make you go at night and wake you up and use you as a, as a, you know, it was just muscle. So anybody could be a man in black. And it's like, what a crazy story. Right. And he's like, yeah. And I, and nobody believes me because I'm a freaking writer. And he's like, I swear, you know, that that's what happened. And I'm like, no, I, you know, I, I'll take it. I'll take your word on it. And so. I gotta be honest. What's your opinion that's, on that guys? Well, I,
2: listen, I, that, I gotta be honest. That's, that is the last thing I would expect. Like, even if you were making up a story, yeah. it, that's not very sexy to, to, as, yeah. You know, to, to say, yeah, they, they drug me out of bed, threw me in a black suit, and I went, and I was a, a man of black. You know, I mean, it's an amazing thing to think of because it's so brilliant if that's what the men in black yeah. are really doing. But to, just for the average person to make that story up, it is so fantastic that it would be very hard for the normal person to even like it's almost too fantastic to even say, yeah, that really, you know, that could have happened.
1: Yes. You know right, what I'm
2: mean? That's right. the genius. That's almost the genius of it. Is that yeah, it's too- he's
3: convinced the only reason that he remembered it was because the pills he was on to stay awake, was why he was only half asleep when it happened. Wow.
2: But Yeah, and so, yeah, so one, if um, if one of the people, you know, if one of the men in black is, you know, whatever, an alien, okay, and you need yeah. to have a little bit, you know, so you're not both scary, well, yeah, go yeah. recruit somebody from off the street, you know, off the street and say, hey, yeah. come on. You're, you know, especially if it's somebody that is under the influence of something, to where they're more susceptible to just say go along with it.
1: So, sort of like know? A forced, yeah, and He kept
3: telling us a, a force. He kept good cop, telling us about it. Cop thing. <laughs> exactly, and he was telling me how the guy just always seemed to smile, and it was like he was talking in his head, and that's when I'm immediately I'm goes back to Indrid Cold. You Bingo. Know, the, you know the smiling man, and then you know here we are already discovering the yeah, Crestview he was one of the government men investigating you know the the Crestview incident so um now we've reached out to uh Tanya Darenberger uh, Derenberger uh to try to get oh, her okay. interview you know uh, uh an interview with her and her thoughts on this um and uh you know she's still dealing with you know health issues so we haven't been able to get in touch with her up close but we've send some correspondence. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So there's, there's yet another oddball tie for you, you know, that just, wow. It just made my head explode I've you know, when you hear stuff like that, it's like, well, and then for, this writer, well, he's like, I can't put it in a book because, you know, it's not my type of writing and, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to, you know, that I'm going to be able to use that, so.
2: that. That's wow. And to think, and here's the crazy thing is to think that, maybe Ingrid, Indrid Cole is the same. It's he's the same guy the whole time. Like, yeah, maybe he's the same guy that visited the science fiction writer. Like, like,
3: <laughs> old John a, Keel and visited this guy. Yeah, exactly. It's like, that wow. Yeah. You know, just is, mind blowing.
2: Yep. That, that yep. is crazy. That is crazy. It'd have been something if he could have, if he god if he could have found that lady like what, yeah. what's the ti- what's the time frame that this took place
3: this would have been 2008 okay so this would so, have been um not too long so, ago but so long
2: there's enough. a ch- so how great would this be is if because if you put that in a book this lady yep. happens to read it because think about this she witnessed a ufo okay and mm-hmm. it's kind of like what we talked about um Marshall, who we mentioned at the beginning, you know, he has been on this quest to find out what it was he saw. Mm -hmm. Okay. Especially, especially because everybody, he said something to, oh, it's, you know, it's a government experiment or it was an airplane or it was just your imagination. But that's what happens. If you have an experience like that, you go on this quest for knowledge. You know, you want to know, even if you can't tell anybody that I was visited by the men in black, you're going to want to, you're going to want to find out everything you can about the men in black and about, about UFO experiences. How cool would it be if, if what would you say the book would come out about December, about January 15th, you open it, open up your email and it's, you're not going to believe this, but I just read your book, and I was, that's, the, woman.
3: <laughs> I was that's, the woman. That's the, the stuff we love. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we do the tours, um, here's a here's a Florida history monster. <laughs> this, is a, this is one of our Florida cryptids, and it's not in any of the books um, because it was one of the ones we were just starting to investigate. This is a story called The Squallies. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. They're a Florida Everglades monster. Uh, They were spotted mostly in the thirties and forties when the Everglades weren't really traveled a lot. Um, But they would, uh, they were seen as little small men like things, but with pig heads, they looked like pigs uh, walking on two feet and they carried spears. And they seemed like almost tribal, Uh, some of them were seen wearing like loincloths and stuff like that and uh, people thought they were some sort of government you know experiment gotten away in World War II uh, or something strange like that but they were seen back in the 30s most of the sightings were post World War II which would have been around the time the Everglades were used as uh, you know testing bases for radar and stuff like that so there was a lot of secret projects going on down there Um, Camp Murphy and a few other things but anyway, so these weird monsters, right? So, you know, it's just one of those little stories in the back of Florida history. and It was one of those ones we couldn't find a lot of anecdotal, you know, more than anecdotal evidence about, so we didn't really write about it much. But when we start our tour for Erie, Florida, we're, I think we were mid freaky Florida at this point, uh, the second book. And, uh, and one of these is I'm going to run out of adjectives, but you know, not anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> well,
2: that, that's why at the opening, I said, maybe disgusting, Florida, lazy, Florida, overpric- <laughs> yeah. over overpriced Florida. I mean, come on, there's yeah. all kinds
3: of, <laughs> Oh, I can just, I get just do two books on just crazy <laughs> politicians in Florida. So, uh, oh, but, um, uh, my favorite was the guy who rode around on a on a chariot being pulled by alligators, and he was a congressman from St. Augustine. You, know, you got to love that. <laughs> oh, bro! Right. Uh, yeah, uh, Just but the uh, that was how he made his speeches. <laughs> That's how you make a speech, man. That's how you make a political speech. But uh, back to the squallies, right? So I you know, we were talk about them and stuff like this. I started getting emails about a creature in the Seminole Woods, which is a little north of there. Um, and it's a giant guy. And this is a, so this was about 2000. So this is, you know, like a long time later and this was called uh, I, it was being called the boar man of Seminole Woods. And he was this big boar-headed guy that was, you know, all muscular again, kind of, you know, looks like a human with a pig head, you know, classic, you know, we've heard that urban legend all over the country now. And, but this guy, again, tribalist, he had like a big spear and I'm and immediately I'm, piecing it to the squallies, you know, who were three or four foot tall. And They're all was grown up. Thing that's They're like all six feet yeah. tall. Yeah. Immediately. I'm thinking one of them is still around and he's giant. Well, we talked about it. Uh, and I was, you know, when we were doing the book tour, I would ask whenever we'd get in that area, I'd say, hey, has anybody heard this story? Cause I need to know more about, you know, the boar man of Seminole woods. I only had one, you know, guy told me about it. And we were at a comic con in, um, Orlando, a big one called MegaCon, And I was doing one of my panels and I was just asking anybody, Hey, if anybody heard anything on this and, you know, this guy stands up and says, Hey, I saw that in college just a few years ago. Uh, It jumped out of a river and scared my girlfriend and me and, and all this. And, you know, of course half the audience is just kind of smiling at the guy and all that. And I'm like, well, good. I'd, I'd like your information. And across the room, this other guy stands up and he's like, holy crap. I thought I was the only person who ever saw that thing. (laughs) And he was in college at the same time as this guy. They didn't know each other, but they both lived in the same area. So we now had a lake to go investigate and we were able to pull it together. And that's the sort of thing. People just keep this stuff to themselves. And then suddenly, you know, it just takes that right connection and like I said, I would not be surprised if sometime that lady calls and says, Hey, that is true. That did happen.
2: Well, that would be fantastic because that that I mean, hey, personally, I hope she listens to the show and hears it yeah. before the book even comes out. Yes. Gets a, yep. It gets a, that way I can put I, it in the book. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love
1: that kind of confirmation.
2: So yeah, so wh- back to the to the thing with the pig head.
3: What yep. have you, what have you, I, I mean, so this, just, I've never, I've it's, never heard. It's, it's the near these two apartment complexes, uh, it, and there's a big lake in between them, uh, Seminole Woods. It's uh, near Daytona uh, area of Florida, um, and these uh, two apartment complexes have had several reported sightings of this thing all throughout the 90s and the early 2000s. There haven't been any recent sightings, uh, so we think it may have moved on. Uh, but then we traced it backwards down towards the Everglades. Sure enough, in the 70s, we found some sightings a little further south and uh, around Jonathan Dickinson State Park, uh, which uh, also has some great, you know, stories as well. Um, there's a ghost there called Trapper Nelson. And uh, that's, that's a fun story. Uh, we'll, we'll sidetrack there at some point. <laughs> but uh, okay. uh, uh, Trevor Nelson was basically the epitome of Florida man. He was this guy who had uh, come from out west as a you know as a wrangler and a failed uh, rancher. He comes down to Florida and uh, he buys a bunch of swampland, right with his brother and this other guy. And then his brother and the other guy get into a fight. The, his brother winds up killing the other guy. So his brother goes to jail and Trapper Nelson's left with all these woods. Now, why he called himself Trapper Nelson is he starts catching animals and opens up his own zoo on this island. And he becomes the Tarzan of the Luxahatchee River. He, uh, he starts inviting celebrities up from Miami, they start coming up in droves to spend a night with the wild man. He swings out on vines while they're coming up in their canoes to get out to his Island. He's got alligators. He's got all kinds of snakes and other things he's caught. And the women freaking adore him. He's got, you know, just, lined up outside his door basically of his tent you know he's living off the land i'm he's taking doing notes all those crazy i'm stuff. taking notes by the way yep, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is this is this is how you want to do it uh he gets recruited by the are drafted into world war 2 uh and uh when he comes back home he reopens his zoo but this time the government starts uh encroaching on him telling him he needs to you know, make bathrooms and he needs to do all these important things if he wants to keep, uh, you know, keep doing things he wants to do. And they finally shut him down. And then he like flips on a dime and becomes a recluse and starts chasing people away. And he turns into this scary figure, Trapper Nelson, he wears these overalls, he carries a big shotgun around. He starts putting stuff on his property, stay away, danger, landmines (laughs) and crazy stuff like that, because he's just tired of, you know, people. And at this point, his brother gets out of jail um, and is supposedly coming to get him because he's upset that his brother testified against him and he's found dead He's suicided by shooting himself in the stomach with a shotgun. Ooh, man. And, and people think it's, um, you know, more of a coincidence. You know, suddenly his brother gets out and suddenly he suicides. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff. But what what – now, what makes this Florida awesome, right, is when <laughs> I get a call from a lady who swears her mother told her that her dad – was Trapper Nelson. So that he, she had had a, a fling with Trapper Nelson.
2: She was one of the is, ladies outside the tent.
3: Yep. Huh? <laughs> now, right. the thing is, the thing is, she was born four years after Trapper Nelson died. Whoa. So do some math there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't even so, have to be very, I don't even have to be very good at math. I can figure, yeah. <laughs> you can figure that one out.
3: Yeah. I can figure that one out. So, but she swears her mother told her that the ghost of Trapper Nelson was the, was her father. So mm. crazy mm. stuff. You got to love so Florida. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, and then Squallies are uh, in that same area. So, you know, you got to love it. So, so
2: maybe, so maybe the, were the Squallies, uh, a product of the Trapper Nelson's zoo.
3: <laughs> I mean, we're I they, put that together. Yeah. I mean, were they in his original,
2: zoo, in his original zoo and he's like, "Ah, you're done.
3: If he'd had, if he'd had squallies, that would have been the ultimate tourist attraction there. So, but yeah, if, if the ladies out there listening wants to look up what Trapper Nelson looks like, they are, they'll be impressed with the gun shows on most of his photos. So yeah, he was a, he was a decent looking man. So,
2: you know and it takes before little, you went, all, it, crazy
3: and, uh, before he went a, all crazy and uh before you went all crazy and started carrying a shotgun around
2: <laughs> it takes it takes a real man to admit that another man's a decent looking man i'm just going to tell you that
3: oh heck yeah heck yeah I, you know, <laughs> that, i understand
2: <laughs> that, i listen it sounds like i it sounds like florida is just never it's a non-stop uh, oh yeah I mean, and I'm yeah. looking up tra- Trapper Nelson right now. He, he, I can see why the ladies are yeah. outside his tent. I mean, he's a yeah. man. Every, every picture he's got an animal
3: <laughs> yep, a snake or, or an alligator or, or his dog. Did have a pretty dog. And, um, you know, but, uh, but no shirt. He, you know, he he's would, never, he's not ever sure. It's never, shirt. Shirt. Never, never wears a shirt. <laughs> he wears his little Tarzan pants and, uh, you know, usually got a knife <laughs> at his belt. I mean, he is exactly what you, when people hear Trapper Nelson, they're, they're picturing Grizzly Adams. I'm like, no, thank Tarzan and maybe nope. more, uh, you know, bring him back alive buck from if anybody remembers that damn series or <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez>. well, wow.
2: <laughs> wow. bring him back alive buck. I don't even remember that yeah. show. Yeah. Oh man, that, that
3: was that was in the post Indiana Jones craze when every television station was trying to to cash in on Indiana Jones. It did Tales of the Gold Monkey and Bring It Back Alive. Buck were the two I remembered.
2: <laughs> Holy smokes! So, so what? Um, you know, I You know, back going back to this book that we're so eagerly anticipating. <laughs> what? So, in your research, has another. Like side, you know, it's kind of like a side shoot come out of it that you're like, okay, this, you know, I'm investigating all this stuff for this book. That is really interesting, but it doesn't necessarily go in the book. I'm going back to that. Has there been anything that has come up that, that you've oh, just yeah. really...
3: Yeah. There's, there's, there's a whole new ending to the book. We, we did the major stories of course, and we did our ties and our, and you where know, we're tying it into certain other things. Um, but we, we came up with the end. We, we weren't going to include it, but now thanks to the delay, we get to include this. There's going to be a whole, you know, back section of the book, which we're calling holler monsters. Um, which is all these great legends that wow. every freaking valley has their own monster, right? Has their own cryptid or has their own legend? Uh, everything all, from all in know, West Virginia
2: too, right? It's all in West, well, Virginia. West
3: Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio. <laughs> so the, the all the Ohio Valley and okay. uh, and and some Tennessee and a couple North Carolina. Uh, we, we're trying to mostly hit Ohio Valley. Uh, and the publisher was just like uh, I mean, it just can't be called Erie Ohio Valley. That sounds bad. So that's when it became Erie Appalachia. So which is fine. But I told him I'm not doing the entire Appalachian Trail because that would go from Jersey Devil all the way down to Mississippi, and that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> and, and you're only letting me do uh, only letting me do sixty thousand words. So you know, unless we want to turn this into a ten volume set from Time Life Books, I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, that'd be uh, fantastic. But, uh, Wouldn't that be great, though? Wouldn't that be great? I'd I'd bring back time-life books for that. Uh, But uh, this one, though, so these are going to be short, quick little, you know, stories. And, again, these are things I intend to research more in the future, and I might make a freaking encyclopedia of them because it's incredible, some of these stories. Uh, One of my favorites, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the town, uh, but there's a rat man. And he's basically this guy wears typical cloak, but with a rat face. And, I, and, and they were describing him to me, and I kept thinking Plague Doctor, with all the pandemic imagery going around, it was like Plague <laughs> Doctor came to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is a guy, you would go to him, and he would be able to cure what ails you, uh, and he, all you had to give him was something shiny like a crow or something, you know, just like he would collect shiny things. And if it wasn't shiny and sparkly enough, he wouldn't take care of you. And he'd disappear. You can only find him on very rare nights. Uh, and he would wander this town and this town actually has a small little altar to him on this little back alley behind their courthouse. And, um, what? I will reveal the name of that when I can find it. Uh, shoot. I didn't think I was going to talk about it, but, uh, it's in my notes. Um, uh, you know, and so I was like, what? And that's this little back Hills town in uh, Kentucky. And they, 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 they follow this guy to this day. Um, there was another one. I love this one. This one was called old Pete. And, um, that just now, sounds like a Pete, terrible,
2: terrible liquor that you could buy back <laughs> in- yeah, old, yeah,
3: Pete. To, old Pete. Uh, old Pete uh, is the name of the guy's dog. It's not even the name of the guy who this story is about. Uh, the guy is, he's basically the ultimate trickster type character, right? He's—he's uh, he's, wears sunglasses, uh, bald head, just looks like he's dressed as a, you know, a, a farmer or, you know, possibly a lot of people describe him as, you know, maybe like off duty cop. Uh, if that's the look, if you, if you're looking for a look here. <laughs> okay. um, and he has this giant dog that's as half as big as him. And um, he offers to uh, take care of problems for you. Uh, so he's like the ultimate fixer type guy, right? Very, uh, better call Saul, but the price you pay is you have to give him your family pet for old Pete. And if you don't pay, he comes and gets you old Pete comes and gets you and gets your pet. Mayor. So, and the story goes that if you don't pay, not only does old Pete come and get your pet, he comes and gets your kids. You're so crying Very lot, old,
2: <laughs> old Pete sounds terrible. He's a steep, it sounds like, that's a steep you
1: know, price to pay.
3: <laughs> so, uh, that's so. a steep price to pay to, you know, somebody was stealing some water from your well or something. That's what the story, original story we heard was, is that somebody was using their well water without permission. So that's when they, they called on the, the the man and old Pete to take care of it. They just call him the man. Mm. So.
2: I gotta like I, I be honest. Growing up with well water as a kid, I, anybody wanted to come take it was more than welcome. Because <laughs>
3: welcome water. to it. Yeah, yeah. could yeah, have that sulfur taste is just not there for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Mark- uh, And it's and it, but that's just it. It was like every story, every time we went through we looking for one ghost story or one myth or one urban legend, and then suddenly we'd find these, and it was like, you know, what am I going to do with all these? And I'm like. And originally they were just in a little notepad uh you know where i was just writing them all down and then i'm like yeah maybe i'll re-investigate these later and all this but now i'm like oh these are just too much fun these are great little stories so they're just going to go in little chapters at the end of the book you know just quick little you know half page summaries for each of these mm. well i want to
2: ask you mark so because you're you know obviously do a lot of investigative journalism and you're you're doing a lot of research and i mean and we've, I think we talked about this before in some of the Florida stuff is there's always like that kernel of truth or, or oh, yeah. a reality to these stories. Now, they may go on to be, you know, get a life of their own and, and be exaggerated a little bit, but like what – what is it about these little towns that have these really terrifying, like Rat Man oh, yeah. and Old Pete? Like, yeah. where, where does, where do you think that comes from? Like, what's the original, you know, story behind those that evolves? Into? Ninety.
3: I'd say ninety percent of them are cautionary tales. They're, you know, don't go out in the woods because. Oh. Such and such will get you. And that's mostly because something got somebody at some point or a kid went missing or the man disappeared or, you know, fell down a well, you know, stuff like that. A lot of them are very much, you know, that be careful or this will get you. Um, a lot of them are also, you know, just stay on the straight and narrow because, you know, don't seek out vengeance because, you know, this guy will, you know, exact a toll. Um and, you know, and that's, you know, how badly do you want to hurt that other person? Are you willing to lose your favorite dog, you know, because, you know, you want to, you know, upset somebody. And, but then we do find those nuggets of truth. Um, one of the creatures we investigated in uh, Kentucky was called the bench leg, uh, the bench leg of Goble Ridge. It sounds like something out of South Park, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <No> kidding. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this is an amazing story. And this, I have to say, is personal because this is near my land, uh, my family land in Kentucky. So I had heard this legend growing up and I had to investigate it. So um, uh, this one was a, the story, the, the monster I had been told was this cow with the head of a human and a wooden leg and it glue in the dark and it would chase you If you know, if you were out late or if you'd done something bad, it's like, what a crazy story. So, you know, I heard that as a kid, it's like, how does that stick with me? You know, but you know, and other things don't, you know, but it was there because it was magical. It was like, what a crazy story. Well, then you start researching the legend, right? As I'm doing this now, I'm like, I'm going to go investigate the bench leg because I heard that story when I was a kid. Uh, I think my uncle told it to me. And then, um, and then you start looking into it, and it's like, okay, so I get the real story, like how it real, you know, the real in-depth story. And the in-depth story is it was a peddler in the late 1700s, early settlements in the area. Uh, you know, country is just founded, uh, Cumberland Gap. You know, it's just been cleared. And this guy would go out, and he was basically, you know, the traveling Walmart, right? He would fix your pans and sell you stuff and trade goods. He was more of a tinkerer, you know, panhandler type. And um, some men robbed him. And the story goes he and, you know, he's dragging his little, you know, cow, you know, ox cart, and he resists, breaks off a tree branch and starts swinging back at him. And so they do kill him. They overpower him. And then to hide the killing, they kill his cow. And then they throw all that into one burial pit with the stick. And and then he comes back. And that's why he's this mixed thing with a wooden leg and a, you know, that's the big stick he was using to fight. And then the human head and the cow body... And it kind of makes this weird sense, right? Because it's like, okay, now he's seeking vengeance on on people. And you're like, what a crazy story. And if you look into, you know, there's not really like newspapers in that area at the time, except for some, you know, a few stories and stuff like that. But sure enough, there's reports of a man who was murdered in an area in that area from the late seventeen hundreds. And so, of course, this story probably came from that, and that's when you go, okay, there's a nugget of truth in this.
2: There, yeah, there's. And I'm the, out on
3: those woods. No. I'm looking for something glowing in the dark. Yeah, that, that sounds like a cow.
2: And you're right. The, yeah. and you're right. There's the there's the cautionary tip: don't get caught out there at night because the yeah. same thing that happened to that guy could happen to you. And and, uh, you know, and, and his ghost, you know, is out there haunting every, you know, I could see that. I can definitely see yep. that.
3: And that's, and that's where you go. You go okay. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, it seems like with a lot of this folklore like this, there's always a grain of truth.
3: Somewhere. Yeah. You somewhere got to line. Yep. I'm trying to figure out Ratman, but I'm sure I'll find it. Yeah. Like I said, I keep thinking, <laughs> plate doctor, somebody wearing a mask of some sort,
2: yeah. you know. Yeah. Like with there. the Yeah. So, yes. I get, I get you on that for sure. But, but it's weird, like to go to the extent, unless it was a joke, but to have like a, like almost a ceremonial altar somewhere yeah. in town. Yeah, I, no, mean,
3: I think, I think that sprung up recent because it was definitely not an old thing. I think this was, you know, maybe in the days of, you know, creepy pasta and all that in the last five, 10 years, you know, there's probably been a revival of this guy. And that's why it seemed, you know, why it's there now. And it wasn't there, you know, 20 years ago. So I think that, you know, with the advent of social media, with the advent of podcasts and things like that (laughs) and people just loving this stuff, uh, I think it's bringing back a new mythological age, like a golden age of these legends and stuff. So of stor- of and I storytelling. Are, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a,
2: it's a great new age of storytelling. And, yep. and when you, yeah. and when you hear um, people who say, man, I just, I, I love the podcast because I can just for 45 minutes to an hour, sit there and, and hear somebody tell a story and I can put myself in it or, you know, and just have fun, or you know, because some people it is—it's fun, and some people it is—you know, like we said, who have experiences and don't know where else to turn. It's a whole different thing. So you run that whole gamut of 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 entertainment to uh, self-help, so to speak. You know, it's like uh, yeah. therapy, therapy, yeah, therapy, comfort. Yes,
3: it's comfort. Yep. Jeez. It's definitely so, comfort. And, and that's just it. I, I get some people who get mad at me when I talk about some of these crazy things, like, yo, know, a cow with a human head and a wooden leg. So like, I'd rather, you know, we, you know, we need to stick with the real stuff like skunk apes and, you know, and, and really prove <laughs> that they exist and all this. And, and it's like, and I understand that because yeah, I'm, I'm with the real paranormal investigators. I go with the real, you know, uh, you know, teams from finding Bigfoot and stuff like that. I, I go with, you know, these teams on all these stuff and, We find real evidence. There is stuff out there we don't understand, but uh, you've also got, if you're going to look at that stuff, you also have to take this stuff a little bit, you know, and you got to have some fun with it too. You got some of these stories. Yes, they're insane and they're a lot of fun, but you still, you know, there may be a grain of truth and so you do have to look at them. So so for everybody who goes, Oh man, I wish they would have just talked more about Bigfoot it's true. I I've got plenty of skunk ape stories and and Bigfoot stories that I could tell you. I mean, that's part of the book's going to have the Ohio grass man and some other stuff like that. We've got a bunch in West Virginia, some, some sightings that I have some amazing encounters to report. Um, and of course, you know, we talked the Grafton monster and, and, you know, even mothman sightings to modern day. And so, yeah, that's all in there, but you also got to look at these things. And some of these are just, you know, well, yeah. to, to
2: please our listeners, do you have a good skunk ape Bigfoot story that maybe didn't make it in the book or yep. one that you've been holding back? That, and and that's how we'll close out the show for all of our listeners that that love love that, you know, if yep. if the Men in Black and the you know Rat Man and the dinosaur in Florida wasn't enough for you. We we got the goods. We got the real goods. We got,
3: we got. I've got an encounter. Now this was uh, sent to me very recently from a ranger in uh, the uh, Mayaka State Forest. Now uh, Mayaka State Forest down here in Florida is just south of Tampa Bay, um, near you know kind of west of the Sarasota area. For those who are you know looking on a map, it's a huge. You know, National Forest, it is, uh, it's big. And um, one of the rangers there said that he got a report of a sighting and uh, went out on his four-wheeler to go uh, look for what he thought was a bear. And, uh, you know, there, there were several sightings of it from some campers nearby. They thought it was a bear. Uh, but they did say it was a little big. And he knows there aren't many uh, brown bears in that area. There are, uh, There is a possibility of black bears in that forest, but not what you know, he would consider you know a brown bear or something. So he was curious what it was. He thought maybe it might even just be some hunter in a ghillie suit, and they're not supposed to be hunting this time of year. Um, so he goes out on his four-wheeler to find this thing. As he's driving along, the path nearby where they had seen the sightings. Uh, he goes and he sees out of the corner of his eye uh, a creature. A he described it as looking like the the thing from Harry and the Hendersons. Literally said that uh, he's like it, he thought it was a movie thing. He thought it was maybe a prop. He said it looked so, you know, giant and brown and everything you would expect a movie caveman, you know, but was covered with hair. And he just drove right past, didn't think about it for a minute. (laughs) You know, and then he's like, what did I just see? The smell hits him. And that's what shocks him back into reality he hits smells this foul decaying smell and that's when it hits him oh my god skunk ape yeah oh you know that's that's what they're seeing and he turns and he stops he's like did I daydream this and he turns around and he sees it loping off into the swamp and he goes back you know, now he's snapping out of it and he starts to ride back towards it. And he said, by the time he got back, it was barely a you know, hundred yards past it before it all clicked. And he turns around and he gets back and all he can do is smell it. He can see no sighting of it, no nothing. Um, and he does g- g- call for, uh, to people come out to investigate and he, you know, he reached out to me. Uh, I reached out to the local team. They came out and got some excellent castings in that area. Um, he is now firm believer and is uh, patrolling that area as much as possible. They have scheduled a controlled burn in that area, and he is trying his best to fight it. Um, because he doesn't want them to destroy this, you know, this area just for, at least until he can find more evidence. But he went from a skeptic, you know, and ring, you know, just a basic ranger to now firm believer. And, uh, he is, uh, he logged it on one of the uh, databases that, you know, log encounters. So we've got a fresh sighting. This was from 2019, late 2019. And he is, still keeping in touch, trying to, to see more about it.
2: And he, and he hasn't seen or any, any more, or hadn't got any more reports of anybody seeing it and, or found any more evidence.
3: Nothing since that. And he's just, but they did get some good tracks. Uh, they also reportedly found some juvenile tracks in the area. So it may have been a family on the move, which may explain some of the, you know, bear sightings in the area. Um, and, um, And it's, uh, you know, Mayaka is famous because they did have that one photo uh, a number of years ago, I think right around 2000, the lady who thought she saw something in her backyard took pictures and there's that big silverback-looking gorilla thing in her backyard that some people are still trying to debunk to this day and can't. So Mayaka is a hot spot. And uh, I would not be surprised if uh, there was a family of them out there. (laughs)
1: that's fascinating (laughs) oh gosh
3: and
2: and, and you know you you i always wonder if like you always think the park rangers they gotta know something but maybe they don't tell maybe they just don't tell the the new guys or the younger guys or it's only the higher ups that kind of have that knowledge that yeah there's something out there because really if you heard that report and you knew that there was something out there. Why would you go out there looking for it? You just be like, "Yeah,
3: okay, I know. I'm not like going out looking yeah. for it." Well, that's his his comment to me was that you know once he got back and told them uh, again, a couple of the old timers went, "Oh yeah, we've 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 had reports, but we've never seen one." And he's like, "Well, I have now." So yeah, now he's like, "It's exactly yeah." And he said he just it didn't click in his brain that it was real. When he saw it, and I think that happens to some people. I've heard this more than a couple times, where people have seen it and it just doesn't make sense. Mostly with like dogman sightings, people are like, "That's some of a movie." I, you know, you know, what did I see? And then they go, "Oh my god, what did I just see?" And it's something else that triggers it. Like with him, it was the smell. With others, it's the noise or something like that. It's, you know, once it hits two senses, suddenly it clicks.
2: Well, think about it. You, you're not expecting to see something seven, eight foot tall out there. It, that doesn't seem exactly. real. It doesn't seem real. Yeah. You know, I mean, just like seeing something with a pig head or a rat boy, yeah. you know, rat me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that stuff just doesn't seem, you know, real. So, so yeah, think about it, this. It doesn't
3: make think, sense. Like, was it a dream? Am I daydreaming this? You know, am, I, am I imagining
2: this? To, now to blow everybody's mind think about how much stuff we have seen in our lifetime that we've just glossed over because it didn't seem real.
1: Yeah, it just didn't register. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so there I heard somebody's head explode. Like what? Maybe. That
1: <laughs> yeah. <is true."> yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, We talk about, you know, people see ghosts uh, different ways. Some people see them solid. Some people don't. And it's like, so how do you know you've never seen a ghost when it could look, as solid as me and you walking down the street, you know, and and you just wouldn't even, you wouldn't tune it, you know, just don't tune it out. You just don't realize that guy doesn't well, have a shadow or a, something abso-
2: like Absolutely. Like one of my, one of my experiences seeing a ghost, I, I thought it was a person. I thought it was a real person. Yeah. And it wasn't until I asked like, Hey, where did that per, you know? And they're like, the other person that was in the room is like, well, there's nobody else here. I'm like, no, wait yeah. a second. That there was just a little girl smiling at me, and they're like, no, there's nobody else here. So if I hadn't asked, I just thought I saw some kid, you know? So then then you think, well, that looks so much like a real person, and it interacted with me by smiling and nodding its head. Well, then how many other entities
3: have you come across yeah, I've, I've, that were – Have, have like, you seen an art there?
2: Yeah, like yeah. how many times have I passed somebody at Cedar Point or, you know, at, a, at a, an Ohio State yeah. football game that really wasn't there? You know, someplace where there's yeah. thousands of people, and that could, you know, I because I'd take yeah. more comfort if there was thousands of other people around when I saw it. <laughs> Instead
3: ghost. of just you <laughs> in the room with that ceiling yeah. behind you that there was somebody in the room with. Yeah,
2: exactly. yeah. Exactly. Rather, Rather it be there, yeah. Yes. Oh, boy. Well, Mark. I mean, listen, I know as soon as this episode comes out, we're going to get flooded with uh, the same kind of response that we did the last time you were on, like, man, that guy is great. And then Stacy Brown will say, Hey, when are you having me back on? But you know, we got, we got, we got plans for Stacy. Don't worry. But uh, Uh,
3: Stacy's Stacy's great. I love working with him. So So
2: nothing's better then I, I, me, then I'm out on the mail route, and it's a long afternoon, and all of a sudden I get this text, hey, man, wh- hey, brother, what's up? Hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it's like, what's <laughs> happening? And then it turns into like this, you know. This is what's going <laughs> on, man. And it's like, you know, but that's the best thing about doing this is getting to meet such cool people and, and keeping in touch with everybody oh, yeah. and becoming, becoming friends and, 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 and being able to exchange stories and say, Hey, did you hear this? And Hey, did you hear that? and So, yep. so because, because it's, you know, hey, everybody's one of the
1: best parts about it. It really yeah, is. You've just encapsulated it. it, it.
2: It, it, it is oh. because because I know people listening are like, man, these guys got these great. They're just everybody's real people, man. Everybody's real people, yep. and it just happens.
3: Hundred
2: Mark Muncy's got a great email address to receive this crazy stuff that he receives. So <laughs> I'm yep. I'm glad somebody's taking it all in and disseminating
3: <laughs> some and more. If you have a story you want to you tell, go. tell these guys or email me at, at eerieflorida dot com. It's like the least hidden internet address in the world.
1: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I will, I will read your story and I will get back to you. And if you, you know, and it's not just Florida, we take everywhere. Uh, it's eventually going to be mark at eerie travels.com, but we're just getting that set up. Uh, but, uh, but if you you know if you got something for us, you know, drop us a line there. If you'd like to get one of our books at Erie, Florida, on any of the social medias or ErieFlorida.com, and uh, my lovely and talented wife and chief illustrator will draw something fun in there for you. If you order books from us and direct, and I'll I'll scribble some words of wisdom in there for you. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you know you can just follow us on any of the social medias at Erie, Florida. And thank you guys for having me on again. It was awesome. As always. And look, you blew look, us away I,
1: just like last time. I yeah. didn't think that was possible. <laughs> and I'm I'm
2: so dying to read this book oh, I and know. then be able to and be able to tell everybody how great it is. I'm so I'm dying. I'm dying. But you oh,
3: know, I, I will I, get it out to you guys as soon as I can. I promise. So. I'm sure it's
2: going to be it's going to be worth whatever the wait Oh so, yeah. So, so thanks again, Mark, and uh, you know, I can't wait till the next time. I can't wait till the next. No time. problem, already, you
3: guys working, uh, keep it spooky. Yes. And, I am, and I am so glad to see the show taking off as big as it was. Glad to be here for the early days, and I'm I'm gonna ride it to the end, man. So it's all good. So <laughs>
2: well, join the club. We're riding it right down yeah, to absolutely. the end. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so so. All right, man. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk Thanks. to you later. Take care. Yeah, you have a
3: good one. See you on the other side, gang. Right. Yep. All take right.
1: care. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows Podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. Ha 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 ha.